each one for the profit of all. Would you read that with me? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Father, thank you, God, for your word. It is true. It is yea and amen. Lord, thank you that we can be ready with your spirit. And God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Um, the reason that I'm here this very minute, you know, it is. Uh, and I've one time I was in Singapore I was pastoring a church in Guam just out in the middle of nowhere just nobody knew who I was go ahead and uh, I had this invitation to go to Singapore to meet Daisy Osborne I don't know if you know who that is but the most famous renowned healing ministry in the world was T.L. and Daisy Osborne. They they were renowned all over the world. And so I went there. Long, long story. If I told you the whole story, it would take the whole service. So I'm not going to tell the whole story. But so I went there and to meet her. And it was a divine encounter. And this meeting was massive. I mean, there were a few thousand people at this meeting. And uh, she got sick. And I ended up being Daisy Osborne at this conference in Singapore. And uh, so when it came time to pray for people, man, I mean, people were going out like fields of wheat. Just It was just incredible. Just incredible. And more people going out and it was just like oh, so wonderful to be a part of that right and so so I got to this one woman in the middle and she was uh, I don't know how to say this she was very blessedly endowed not the, the Osborne cameras they had, were televising this whole thing and they were right on me, right? So there's television cameras all around. Welcome back. <laughs> Please come on in. If you want to come, this is a good time. So, praise God. So the, the, the television cameras are right on me, right? And I'm praying for this lady, and she she grabs my she grabs me and she falls out in the spirit and pulls me right down on top of her right and here come the uh, television camera <laughs> right here and so I'm just this little pastor from the middle of nowhere my, my dress splits all the way up the back see when when I fell on top of her totally so I take off my jacket and I tie it around my waist 
just one of those moments, right? When you, you just keep going. You just make the best of things and you just keep going. Well, the prophet in charge of the meeting, at the end of the meeting, he calls me up in front of all these people. And he said to me, he said, the Lord says, just as I have split your dress and ripped your dress, I'm ripping the office of pastor off your body, and I'm calling you to be an apostle to the nations. I didn't even know what that meant. I was happy in my little church, and uh, from that moment on, I heard that word then similarly everywhere I went, over and over. So then I had to put into place, how am I going to fulfill that? If that's true, then what what do I have to do to make that happen? And because we can all get words, you know, but if we don't put action into them, they can't happen. So you have to set your sail toward what that means and how that can be. So you have to put in place what what does that require of me? See, so it's not just getting a prophetic word, but it is activation of it that's important and what we really want to share is um, how to hear from the Spirit of God how to know if it's accurate or not right because that's that's what we're really pressing into here is to, to have to have more accuracy how so how, how do you hear from the Lord it, that's an interesting thing because we all hear differently. We all hear in a different way. I have interviewed many famous people about how they hear from the Lord. I've asked prophets, internationally famous prophets, how do you hear? Some will tell me they eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They, I'm serious. Or they... One lady told me she likes to take a bubble bath really hot and just stay there till she hears. Or uh, sit in the car. That was a big one. Sit in the car. Be all alone where nobody can talk to you. Get off into some private space and just be alone. But there's many ways. But you, you need to know how God talks to you, right? Because prophecy expresses itself. In many, in many forms, it, uh, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom and discernment. And I know you guys know all this already, but we're setting a foundation so we can all walk together in unity on this point. Prophecy expresses itself through vision, interpretation of tongues, new songs, poetry, writing, which you guys all love to do, the singing, the books. My book on connecting was a prophetic word to, that I received, a vision that I saw that I wrote that whole book on. It was just a momentary glimpse. And it gave me this huge, huge book that still amazes me every time I read it. It can give us, a prof prophecy can give us revelation. 
It can give us illumination. It can give us enlightenment. It can quicken our thinking. Prophecy is all a now moment. I don't think that yesterday I'm going to prophesy, right? It's a now. It's a now. It's in the now. It's in the now. But how we hear, we need to, you need to know how God talks to you. And then visit that place more often, right? Because we kind of tend to forget to go there. So 1 Corinthians says, follow the way of love and earnestly desire the gift of prophecy. Follow the way of love and what? Oh, eagerly. Some translations say passionately. Passionately desire the gift of prophecy. Do you desire that? Passionately, passionately desire this gift, right? (laughs) The, um, The message Bible says, go after the life of love. As, it, as if your life depends on it. Because it does. And most of all, proclaim his truth. They call prophecy proclaiming God's truth. Isn't that a beautiful way of saying it? And then the next verse says, um, And if you praise him, use the private language of tongues. So we know that every every um, every Christian can prophesy. There's levels of prophecy that we're talking about. Here, what we want in the conservatory right now is just a general gift. Is that right? So the gift of prophecy then has an increasing anointing. But what we want here for now, is the gift, the general gift of prophecy for yourself and for the general body. We're not asking you to prophesy to individuals. We're asking you to prophesy to the general body, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Affirm what is present and is already happening. Uplifting the Lord in all cases, right? The next level would be the ministry of the prophetic. That would be kind of a ministry that declares what is, what is not, and what will be. There are there are a whole lot of people calling themselves prophets that are, and it's very dangerous because everybody should be prophesying, but that doesn't mean. That you're a prophet. Come on, you guys. And there's uh, false prophets are a dime a dozen. And they're everywhere. And dangerous. And there's a lot of uh, national prophets on a national level that have been prophesying incorrectly. For a long time, and nobody has corrected it. Nobody has dared to say, that didn't happen. 
That didn't come true. And they are still ministering, and people are still flocking to them, even though those things they said never happened and never should have been said. And I find that really serious, you guys, because if you're going to take a stand like that on a national level, you better be accountable for it. Would you say amen? Hit your neighbor and say, they need really hard. And tell them they need to be accountable. <laughs> so the office of the prophet is revelatory, directional, correctional. That's not where we are here in this, in this group. And there are people few and far between who you can really international prophets few and far between you know we have prophetic gifts at different levels you can be a prophet for the house for the church for the church you go to you can be a prophet on that level that doesn't mean you're a, a prophet in another church and when you go to another church you don't just go up and say i'm a prophet did we meet that prophet a uh, couple of weeks ago who was no more a prophet than the man in the moon? Not at all. But he had that whole church convinced that he was a prophet. Now, there was no discernment in that. None. And he was going around telling everybody in that church. I, I find that so dangerous. That, that we don't have the discernment. Now, the problem in America, <laughs> I'm just diverting here for a minute, because the, our problem is our tr level of trust. You know, because we've seen so much faults that it's hard for us to, it's hard for us to get into the place where we know that that's the Lord. It's hard for us to know who to trust, isn't it? Because we've heard so much, add your own word here, we've heard so much that, that we don't know, and we're tired of it. I, I'm tired of it. But the scripture says, despise not prophecy, but to passionately desire the gift. It tells us to not despise it, but to passionately desire it. So, Lord, we just passionately desire God, we passionately desire the truth. God, we passionately desire to be accurate. We passionately desire to speak your words, God, to people where they can trust us. In Jesus' name, God, in Jesus' name, there has to be more than what we've seen, right? Because we, we just can't keep doing this. The scripture says in Second Peter, False prophets are among the people, just as there will be false teachers, and they will bring you destructive heresies. Now, one of, one of the things that we see that we should never see is the prophetic regarding politics. Don't shout me down now. Let's all be afraid. Don't ever prophesy about politics, please. I'm begging you. 
Just don't. Don't tell anybody who they should marry. Don't tell somebody their Boaz is coming. For God's sake, don't tell them because, you know, Boaz was a very, very old man. And you don't want him. <laughs> he, he, he ain't no promise gift. I'm telling you. <laughs> Shandai. <laughs> All right. Are you with me? Prophesying is saying and doing, writing what you hear from the Spirit of God. That's what it is. Prophecy is saying and doing and writing what you hear from the Spirit. Now there's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. Because prophecy is the application of what you hear. You can hear the same thing that she hears, and the application might be totally different. It is how we interpret what we hear. That is one of the issues in prophecy. It's the application. It's how, how you express yourself. How you, in your personality, express yourself. <clears throat> One of the problems that we have is the prophetic being from the soul realm. Or the second heaven. It, it, like, from your intellect. Have you heard the term soul realm prophecy? Or should I trust that? I don't know if I should. I, got, I can't tell you how many soul realm prophecies I've had. Uh, where do I begin? <laughs> I'm sure we all, I'm, you know, I see you leaning from one foot to the other. You know, like, <laughs> from the na uh, vantage from the natural. Prophecy is not a natural uh, intuition. It is a divine impartation, right? So, <laughs> who you are is what we've been working on here in the conservatory since we started this. And we just talk about renewing your mind like it's an every, like, like we know what it means, but really it's a command. It's not a suggestion that we renew our minds. When Paul said to renew your mind, it was a commandment that we renew our minds. Because if we prophesy out of an old mentality, it will be a soul realm prophecy. That's just the way it is. Your human soul can distort and corrupt the gifts. If you prophesy out of your soul realm, if your soul realm is not healed... You see, we are everything, our personality is everything we've ever heard or thought or believed or been taught, right? Every memory, every negative thing we've ever been told, that's, that's who I am. And if I filter through that to bring a word, it's going to be a soul realm word, right? 
So, uh, only the Holy Spirit and the action of the Holy Spirit working in us all the time to renew us will, is what brings us into better accuracy. So we need to keep refining ourselves, keep refining the, the changes in our renewal of our minds, the renewal of our reactions and our responses, the renewal of how we handle problems. All of this has to do with how we express the Lord. I told you a couple of weeks ago when we talked about tongues that 87% of Christians or all people are dysfunctional. Just take a look. It's not, it's not unreasonable. It's very true. People need help. We need help with our, with our uh, personalities. We need help. We need healing. We need, we need maturing. We need to learn how to act without reacting. We, so, so we need to be rewired, right? We need to disarm the disempowering thoughts that would affect the way we minister to people. That's what the that's what the conservatory's been doing since it started. We're teaching a better way, right? We're teaching a better way to think. That's why we started out with tongues first here in this understanding because it puts our mind out of our intellect, right? It puts us in a place. You remember when I taught about accessing angels at the remember at that uh, conference, same idea. We have, to, we have to position our mind in a place of access. <clears throat> we need to be careful. God forbid, every dream you have is not a prophetic word to me. You know, you don't need to send me every dream you've ever had and think it's from the Lord because... <laughs> Gives me nightmares. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. God. You can say, I had an interesting dream last night. You don't have to say, God gave me a dream. God gave me, right? God told me, God told me um, to wear red shoes today. God. Well, I was in Malaysia, and people had uh, tape recorders in those days, and you'd go up and minister to them, and they'd go, what shall I name my baby? Click. And they'd want you to prophesy to them what to name their baby, or what color of car they should buy, or prophesy, because we've made people prophetically prophetically dependent. You know, people are traveling all over. They are flying from place to place. Christians are flying everywhere to see gold dust and the feathers and all of this nonsense. Well, it's not nonsense because I've seen it all. But we don't have to fly to get it, right? We don't need, we don't need to chase after those things. We don't need to chase after another personal word. Most of us haven't fulfilled the last word that we got. Right, so we, so we don't, 
Yeah, come on, come on. You're looking for a new one? Well, what God said last time, you know, five years ago, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one we should probably pursue. So um, we, we can't be so weird about this. It's not about a... I'm trying to figure out the direction here that I want to say. It's not about Old Testament laws. Don't prophesy about Old Testament laws. Ungodly vows. Levitical worship. We're not there. We don't do that. Don't prophesy about, you know, wanting to have it again because we just got out of it. We just figured out that we have a new priesthood and... We're Melchizedek, and we're not Levitical, so we don't want you to prophesy Old Testament Old Testament laws to us. Don't testify or prophesy about struggling and fighting in warfare to gain an open heaven because the Prince of Persia is preventing you from... Because we have Jesus, we don't need to struggle. We don't need to have the warfare there anymore. Is that right? Come on, you guys. But I hear it constantly from from prophets all the time. I'm so tired. God had me up all night fighting devils. And okay, so whatever. Don't prophesy your opinions. Your preconceived ideas. Don't don't prophesy about devils and demons. Not here, right? Not here. Not here. Don't prophesy about the end of time being imminent, because we have a victorious eschatology that says that we win. It says charge. If you see if you see danger, don't agree with the adversary. <laughs> For, begin to speak, call what is not as though it is. Come on, you guys. Use believe your words have power. Believe that you can create. Believe that you have the ability to speak life for death choose life speak life don't agree with the evil that comes into the world but rise above it for god's sake and begin to be an oracle of the spirit of god begin to believe believe that you have the power to change the world with your words this is a serious problem in the church right now and one of the things that we're really fighting here to discharge is this negative giving power to negative possibilities that here in this this house ezekiel uh, 13 says say unto those who prophesy out of their imagination hear the word of the lord hear what the sovereign lord says Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. There are people that will just prophesy words. They have not seen anything. They have not heard anything. They just want to be heard. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's why we have trouble trusting. That's why we have trouble because, you, listen, God really wants to show us that he's always here. He's always present. He's always in me. He's not out there somewhere. He's in us. He's in you. He's in me. And we don't have to invoke him because he's with us. And the spirit realm is right here. It is right here. If we dare to just access it. We don't have to fast and pray for 14 days to get to this place where we can just go, oh, there it is. It's just right here. It's right here within us. Are you with me? All right. So I know one time I was in, uh, I was, I was in the Virgin Islands and I, I had done a long conference and then this person with a collar comes uh, up, you know, all authoritative, walking up, as I'm saying the closing prayer, walks up to me in the middle of the aisle and says, get your house in order or tomorrow you will die. Well, obviously that didn't happen. But you can't let people say things like that to you. So then, so then I had to uh, start again and to teach people again. And, and, you know, meeting was not over then because then it required the instruction that if you see a problem, if you see something wrong, you need to pray for me perhaps. <laughs> pray. Uh, speak that it won't happen, come against whatever that might be, but you don't say, you don't say the evil that you see. You've got to speak life. You have to speak it through a lens of love. You have to speak life when you speak to people from the Lord. You have to. There is no other way. So, um, we would like for you to not give to give private words unless you ask Apostle Teresa first, unless you clear it with her first, unless she's already given you permission as a minister in this house to do so. To not be, uh, don't call people up and say, I have a word for you that isn't uh, protected. Don't, don't. Uh, do uh, parking lot prophecies, please. Don't uh, I, I, all of a sudden, just so many stories came rambling through my mind here of, of trouble that's happened in my life because of this. Because we can't protect you, right? And the idea is we want this to be a safe place. And when you get to the place that you are in a place where you can give uh, words to individuals, you'll be released into doing that. You will be. I know this ministry will do that for you. But general prophecy is not predictive. It, 
It's not a, a it's not about uh, correction. Absolutely. You are a backslider. It's not about sin. It's not about revealing sin in your life, private sin. I know what you're doing. No, that is not your business. It is not an altar call. Do not give an altar call without permission. <laughs> I can't. I mean, maybe the speaker might have something planned for for an altar call. You give an altar call at some other time, it it kind of like contradicts the plans of what is supposed to be happening. So if you if you if you're in another, uh, okay, so I can't get this story out of my mind. So when we first got to Guam. We were only there for a year. We ended up being there for 15, almost 15 years, but we only went for one year because my husband worked for NASA. So I, um, I was looking for a church to go to, and we couldn't find one. We visited several. One morning I said to my husband, I think we should go over and back over and visit this church. And my husband said to me, over my dead body. Right. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. So we went to the uh, another church that night, and there was this prophet named William Hartley there, and he had learned uh, with uh, Schombach from uh, Wigglesworth. He'd been trained by Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth. And he was, he was prophesying to everybody in, in the house, and uh, he was... I've told you this. He was telling women, you obey your husband and all this. So uh, we were, my husband and I were sitting in the back, and he calls us up. And I go, great, you know. And he said, he said uh, to my husband, he says, that thing your wife told you today, get in that door. Get in that door. Get in that door. My husband rolled his eyes. Because <laughs> that was the over my dead body thing that he didn't want to do, right? So I, uh, so the next Sunday, we went to that church that my husband didn't want to go to. And uh, the keyboardist was playing uh, just nice chords after the praise and worship. He's just playing some nice chords. He's a really good musician, and uh, I, I just asked the pastor, I just walked up and asked him if I could sing into that. Or do anything like that, but I just, you could just hear the, you could just hear it, and I just wanted to join in, and at that time I, I was a singer, so I, I was just si- singing, and, and uh, they had never seen a song of the Lord before. They had never seen it, a spontaneous song like that. They had never experienced it. So this lady in the back was also visiting, and and she she was with her husband. She comes up playing the flute. She had brought a flute, 
And she comes up and stands beside me, and she's playing a flute. Song, Lord, flute, the house came down. I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was just t- tremendous, right? We, I never went back to that church. But a, a week later, that lady and her husband had found us. They went, finally, we have found you. They knocked on our door. <laughs> they had looked and searched for us and found us. And uh, they were standing there with a type, typewriter and 10 folding chairs and a guitar and a flute and said, we've come here to help you build the church. You preach, we'll play. And that's how, that's how everything started. In my house, and people found us, and we were moving all the furniture out of our house and moving it back and moving it out and moving it back. We had a living room and, and a dining room like this and an adjoining TV room. So we, we could see quite a few people in there. And people found us. And it never, we, we were just there for the year, so it wasn't anything permanent. I said, okay, I'll do that if I, if I don't have to stand up. Because I was too shy to stand up. I had to sit down. But my husband built a pulpit, and finally they all made me stand up. But anyway, I'm telling you the power of the prophetic work. Get in that door. You know what? If I hadn't done that, if those people hadn't found us, I mean, you're just talking about everything that... Uh, that combined to make, we had a spontaneously growing church that outgrew every church in the city. It outgrew everybody. It wasn't me. It was a divine moment in time. But I'm just trying to say how important a real word is, right? To another... The working of miracles to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in various tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. You see, those are all prophetic disciplines, right? They are all based on the prophetic, right? It is so important that you understand how important prophecy is. Is it important to you? Do you keep record? Do you have it written down? The words that are spoken to you, do you have it in record? Do you file it? Do you you have it on tape or do you have it in a file or do you have something... Some way of keeping track of it. Or is it important enough to you to care? Or is it just something that just flies by and, oh, yeah, I remember they said something like that. Because it should be imperative to you. If you hear something real, it should be, it should be kept. It should be treasured. Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gifts that I gave you. Remember what I gave you. Paul was, Paul was ready He was in prison, ready to be executed when he wrote to Timothy. And he said, one of the last things Paul said was, what I gave you, 
Don't forget the gifts. Timothy was pastoring a huge church, and he was too busy. Too busy, 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 busy doing everything. Busy doing everything except operating in the gifts that God had given him. Come on. So, so what we're trying to do then is to learn God's presence. I don't have to go anywhere for that to happen. You see, I don't have to fast for three days to pray for somebody. I don't have to get get there, right? Because I am there. I live there. I live there. And we learn to live in those places. So where is the next revival? Where is the next move of God? In me. Hit your head. In me. Say, the next move of God's in me. Is God fixing to do something? No. He's finished. He did it all. He reckoned it finished. He said, it is finished. So the next move is me. Believing. I got to believe that what he said is true. I got to believe. I got to believe that I'm healed. God, right now I just yield myself to the healing you've already provided. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just, I just receive. God, what is already done for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He's, God is not a fixin' to tell you something. He's not just a getting ready to do something for you. No, he's not just about ready. I'm getting ready. Are you ready? Get ready. No, he's not. He already did. He already did, you guys. So we're all we're all called into this. We're called to edify. That means to uh, that means to build build the house. We're we're called to build each other up. You're called to build me up. I'm called to build you up. The you know that's not I like your nail polish. Right. We're called to exhort. A good example of exhortation is keep up your courage. No one will be lost in that shipwreck. That was exhortation. That was a word you could, that was a prophetic word you can rely on. Keep up your courage. None of you will be lost. In the storm where everything was lost, see, that's a a word of exhortation. That came to pass. Okay, Judas and Silas were prophets who said much to encourage and strengthen their brethren. That's another word, uh, verse for exhortation. You strengthen. We strengthen and build up, right? And then, of course, we have comfort. For he is the God of comfort. 
And there's nothing like when you're in dire trouble, when somebody has a impartation for you that's meaningful, that you never forget. Yes. I mean, there's all these words that can be said. Sorry. So, mistakes can be made. If you make a mistake, own up to it. I always ask, everywhere I go, was everything okay? Do I need to fix anything? Don't presume. Don't give yourself such self-importance that you can't yield to correction. Mistakes can happen. W one more story. My, my son and I were uh, going to take this couple out um, to go to a concert. But they were having a home meeting, so we waited till after the home meeting to go over to their house to pick them up. But they had a, a very famous prophet in their home meeting. And they were just closing up, and my son and I, we snuck in the door and back to the kitchen while the, while the meeting ended, right? While the prophet somehow saw us come in. And he, uh, this is really important now, he came and he got me, and he pulled me by the arm, pulled me out of the kitchen. Now, I hadn't gone to his meeting. Uh, <sighs> pulled me out of the kitchen into the room, and he said, Yay! <laughs> Just as Uzzah said, put his hand on the cart and died. The Lord says, Thou art Uzzah. And I said, that's enough. Get your hands off of me. Really loud. And he goes, what? And I said, you heard me. And my son comes rushing out of the back. Get your hands off of her. <laughs> you just can't let people do that. I don't care how famous they are. So then I went into the kitchen with the couple that had the meeting. And I said, okay, it's your house. You're in charge. You discern. Am I going to die? Oh, no. <laughs> then you handle this. It's your house. You correct him. They had never seen, well... They both said this was the moment in their life where they learned because you cannot. Oh, I'm talking about mistakes now. All that man had to say was maybe I made a mistake. You think so now all the people in the house are peering around <laughs> the doors trying to hear because I'm not very quiet at this point. 
Because we have to stand up for ourselves. And we can't let people say things to us like that, right? I hadn't, I hadn't even gone to the meeting. I had not given him permission to speak to me. So this man was important. He despised me. He was a member of our, my, mm-hmm, my, big, my big apostolic group. He wanted to tell everybody how I despised prophecy. No, just, just the way you do it. Yeah, <laughs> just the way you do it. So you have mistakes can be made, but if you make a mistake, you don't go carrying a grudge against a person that you've offended. You don't go carrying a grudge for years and years telling, the, t- telling stories about the person that you've injured, right? You, all you have to say is, I made a mistake, right? It's so easy. It's so easy. It can be life-changing. You can get over a mistake in a heartbeat. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. There we go. Every word that Jesus said was a prophetic word from God who sent him. This is a new day. This is a new day. You don't need prophets on Facebook. You don't need prophets on social media. Oh, my God. You don't need to hear a big show. You don't need to have a pep talk, fad teaching. You do not need that kind of prophetic ministry in your life. You don't need anything of obligation or control or guilt to be spoken over you. You don't need that. Don't allow it. We have a new lens now, a new lens. We want to speak of the real Jesus, the real thing. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Right? This is what we're trying to get to, is the very essence of expressing spiritual truth in spiritual words. This is the final scripture I want to talk to you about. The only thing that counts. What's the only thing? Faith expressing itself through love. uh, The only thing that counts. What, What is the only thing that counts? Faith expressing itself in love. Prophecy is an act of faith that we express in love toward each other. It is a place where we discern what God sees in somebody, not what we see in somebody. Well, who God sees in them. Like when God God told Samuel to anoint the king, and he said, don't look on the outside. Look, see as I see. Look on the inside. Find the king that I see with, with my eyes, not with your eyes. We need to see people beyond our prejudices, beyond our, uh, what we think is wrong. Don't prophesy that certain sins cause certain disasters in the world. 
We need to be healed of this. We need to love, to love prophecy. We need to love it. Our only filter should be love. Everything else that we say can be temporary. Only love endures. Only love lasts. So be teachable. What you say needs to line up with the Bible. Needs to bring confirmation to what has already been said. Try to address everybody as one unit. Let the power of God be demonstrated. Get yourself out of the message. It's not about you. Don't ever take an offering. (laughs) Don't act haughty or proud. Don't act like you know it all. You don't have to be articulate. One word can change the destiny of someone. One word. You don't have to be well-spoken. You don't have to be able to stand up to teach. (laughs) You just need to be able to speak in love. So can can we just pray together for a few minutes? Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord, into the heart of those here who are listening to us, Lord, that you would speak. That the piece of the puzzle that they're looking for will be answered today. God, that the desire of their heart will be answered. That the confusion in their life will be stilled. Father, I thank you, God. That you are in our midst. God, you know every tear. You know every sigh. You know every request. You know every sorrow. Every disappointment. Lord, you say, how much you care. The Lord says, I picked you. I chose you. From beginning of time, I picked you not to be hassled, not to be stressed. I picked you to be my valiant one. I picked you to be my demonstration. I picked you to be my manifestation, to be the jewel that. I can adorn. I picked you, says the Lord, from before the beginning of time. 
before the earth was span into space. I picked you. I chose you. I knew your name. I called you by your name. That you need to live. I've given you everything that pertains to life. I've given you life itself, breath itself. I've given you the ability to speak for me, to give a clarion call, to be the one who stands out, to be the one that dares to, to be my blazing fire ministers. I've given you the chance to be the ones in, in these days to herald the call, to show forth my likeness image. I've given you the ability to, to manifest who I am on this earth, to speak my words, to be my words, to, to duplicate me in every way. So let there be in your heart a yea and amen. Let there be a comforting into the places of your questioning. Let there be answers that flow into you through your own source. Let me be the source of your problems. Let me bring you the answers that you need. For I am the God that cares for you. I am the God who loves you. I'm the God who cares. I am the God who cares. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a powerful, powerful message today.